come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the pitfalls of injustice according to God's word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio from Sunny Montego Bay, Jamaica. And before we jump too deep into our lesson, I wanted to give a shout out to our Jamaican Christians in Montego Bay, Jamaica, for holding it down for Christ and living a life that's holy and honorable in that region of the world that others can see Christ's work in action. We got to see the inside of a 200-year-old Anglo-Saxon church, as well as other places that Christians go to worship. But this week, we're going to talk about pitfalls and injustice. So let's look at some definitions. The lack of fairness or justice or an unjust act or occurrence. The desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Injustice is any act that violates God's moral law. An iniquity, wrong, any violations of another's rights as fraud in contracts or the withholding of what is due, it has particular reference to an unequal distribution of rights, property, or privileges amongst persons who have equal claims. We can find this biblically in Ezekiel 3 and 20. If a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin. His righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood will require at your hand. Since God is holy and righteous, he requires that all people live righteously. And his perfect justice demands punishment for any violation of his law. But there's good news. The Bible also provides the only solution to injustice. Yes, there's only one solution. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no other way to conquer or overcome injustice. Man can't do it. The devil can't do it. I hate to say it, your parents can't do it. But Jesus can do it because he has the roadmap for us to conquer and overcome injustice. So let's go on over to our second segment so we can look at some practical ways to do that. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio after that short break. And yes, we're excited to be back in our studio. So let's look at some practical ways of dealing with and standing against injustice. And I believe there's no better way of doing it than looking at the life of Jesus Christ. Being a servant to injustice is being in direct opposition to God and who he made us to be. We are to lift the spirits of the oppressed, those that are downtrodden, and those that are lost. That's who Jesus was and what he stood for. Number one, Jesus did this in his first speech, The Sermon on the Mount, we all know it. He used it to share his very manifesto, his story, what he was going to do. He sided with the poor, the mourn, the hungry, the merciful. 
He extended them blessings, something in that time that no one did. He drew a line in the sand with his Sermon on the Mount. He declared the principles behind how he would apportion or deal with justice, Matthew 5 through 7. Number two, healing a man that had a bad hand. Jesus was in the synagogue, we know the church, on the Sabbath, a day set apart for rest according to the law. He saw the man with the bad hand, and he healed that man. In the eyes of all the Pharisees, they deemed his work to be wrong, and they accused him of going against God. Instead of backing down, Jesus retorted and challenged the injustice of leaving that man to suffer. Instead, he healed him on the Sabbath, Matthew 12, 9-14. Judging a woman caught in adultery. We all know this story, too. The sentence had been passed on this woman because she was caught in adultery. She was sleeping with another woman's husband. The scribes and the Pharisees brought her to Jesus to see what he would do about this judgment. She was guilty. Her fate had been sealed. She was supposed to die. But Jesus said and ignored them in his silence. This was a gender-based discrimination that he exposed in that day and age. He challenged the sexism which was the order of that day. He freed this woman from her horrible death. John 8, 2 through 10. Number four, going after the lost sheep. Inequality and discrimination was rampant among Pharisees, and they were even annoyed by the fact that Jesus would eat with sinners. And in response to their attitude, Jesus said, suppose you lost one of your sheep. Don't you leave the 99 to go find that one? Don't you go find that lost sheep? And look until they're found. And see, with this parable, Jesus recognized that all lives matter. I like that. But in the face of discrimination, he would focus on a life that was discriminated against. So basically, he left the 99 that was well suited to take care of themselves. And since they stayed put, he went after the one that was lost. Luke 15, 3 through 5. Number five. Responding to the fate of a Canaanite woman. In this story, we see that Jesus' disciples barred the woman from seeing Jesus. So basically, they stopped this woman from coming to Jesus. This was considered a blatant act of discrimination because she was from another tribe. Jesus acknowledged the difference, but he listened as she made her case. And despite the rule, he showed her mercy. His stance was clear. He didn't care what generation or what ethnicity she came from. It didn't matter to him. What mattered most was she knew who Jesus was and she sought after him. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Reacting to children playing around him. Social exclusion was a norm around Jesus. So the disciples thought they were doing Jesus a favor by telling the children, go away, stay away, you're making too much noise. Jesus is an important man, he's focused on healing people, and he don't need you as a distraction. But he said, hey, stop it. Let them come close to me, because they are the future owners of the kingdom. See, you, my, my young loyal listeners, Jesus said you are the future. He was not going to allow anyone to exclude the future from partaking in his healing ceremonies. Mark 10, 12 through 14. 
He wanted your generation to see that healing was possible so you all could keep your faith. Number seven, he aligned with the hungry and poor and imprisoned. Jesus sided with them. When Jesus was asked about those who showed authentic faith, his answer embraced the downtrodden, the excluded, the oppressed, and the poor. So he said, whatever you do to the poor, the hungry or the one in prison, you have done to me. Now, think about that. We have treated some people very badly in our lives and even in your young lives. And Jesus said, every time you do that, you're actually doing it to him. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. And number eight, chatting with the Samaritan woman. In talking with this woman at the well and asking her for a drink, he tackled a prejudice, a sexism and racism problem that was prevalent in his time and we still have it today. So much so that his own disciples saw him and was marveled. They were shocked. John 4, 8 through 26. Why they were shocked was this. It was uncustomary to be talking to women and asking them for anything out in public. It was downright wrong. Women was looked at like second-class citizens, and for Jesus to be talking with her and asking her for something that she could provide just marveled them, as I said. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the Conversation Corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were chatting about Joseph and the great life he had with all of his riches and livestock. They were like, yeah, if that was me back in the day, it would be on and popping. I'd have this, this, and more of this. I had to laugh, but I asked them, would they be able to go through, you know, endure what Joseph had to endure to gain his riches? Would they be able to stand when they found out that their sibling or siblings wanted them dead? Would they be able to stand knowing that they had been lied on and would have to serve time in jail for a crime they didn't commit? Would they be able to stand knowing that people had so much hate in their hearts towards them? Well, that definitely changed their perspective. But I told them, don't worry. Just like Joseph endured and came out on top, they can too on the simple condition that they trust God to guide them through. No doing anything themselves. The injustices that Joseph faced, many of us could not endure. But in all that he had gone through and being in jail, he was still able to help others. He didn't curse God. He didn't become bitter. No, he listened to what God was telling him and he used the gifts that God gave him. God gave him the gift of interpretation. And because of that gift, Joseph was able to interpret dreams for a baker, a butler, and then Pharaoh, who released him from jail and gave Joseph his riches, land, and a wife. So when it feels like you don't have anything to give someone else, think again. God has placed gifts in each one of us, and he will make sure that they are used for his glory if we are listening. God allowed Joseph to use the gifts that he had given him at the appointed time. Someone may be going through a rough time, whether at home or school, and you can share the gift you have by giving them words of encouragement. Someone may need to vent and need you to listen. You can share your gift of patience and give them your time. Someone may help with may need help rather with buying an item that they need, whether for them or their family. You can share your gift of sharing and give or loan them money or purchase items that the family needs. There are so many ways that we can use our gifts. 
We just have to be open to God and know which direction he wants us to go. Just like Joseph, some of us have had injustices in our life happen. There are too many to name, but you know what it feels like to have someone blame you, lie on you, try or succeed in destroying your reputation with lies, make you feel like an outcast, make you feel like you are less than. Believe me, people can be cruel and mean because remember, everybody is not a Christian. Everybody doesn't want to see you happy or succeed, but you have to, you have to hold your head up high and remember that the haters are going to hate. Just rise above it and don't stoop to their level. Don't do what is easy and repay evil for evil. That's now how Christians handle things. Yes, I know it would be easy, but know that God has your back and sees and knows all that you are going through. You will have victory. And don't forget, we answer your questions or read your comments on the fourth or fifth week of each month. Don't worry, you can remain anonymous. No pressure. Drop us a line at pntpodcast2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. In summary, the importance of knowing how to deal with injustice and its pitfalls. We hinted on WWJD a few lessons ago. What would Jesus do? I think from our study of God's word, we see with clarity and confidence that even a child or a person not following Christ could see or predict the actions of Jesus in situations of injustice, exclusion, and inequality, giving us the perfect roadmap on how we should too. He embraced the poor and the needy. He touched the lepers. He chatted openly with women. He refused to condemn sinners. He stood against ritualism, racism, sexism, oppression, and injustice. He did not carry the book of the law. It was in his heart. He lived it. And we should do the identical same. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-production's editing techniques is used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian Education Ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Or Real Talk What? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.